We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We don't have a lot of mailbag questions, Ryan, but we do have some. Uh, I want to first super chat from Raymond Harden. He says, no question, just for support. Go Irish. Thank you, Raymond. Man, you need to be saving your super chats. You guys, I know, are still coming back from a little bit of uh, weather damage from that hurricane down there. So, But we appreciate you uh, uh, very, very, very much. Let's go here, Ryan, and start off with David Lowe. David Lowe says, I saw where Tom Loy said he thought Buckner's fall off was from outside coaches. I thought I remember y'all guys saying the same. What is your thoughts on that? We have said that. I mean, we said there's two things that hurt Tyler Buckner. One, lack of playing time because of injuries and COVID. We've said that. The other is, is that year off, he spent time with quarterback coaches who changed his throwing motion. And I just don't think it, it was for the better. It's very similar to kind of some of the changes we saw from Tyler from Brandon Wimbush, and I just don't think it fit it fit him. I just I don't. I, so no, I mean you go back and watch Tyler Buckner, the kid that we saw as a as a junior in twenty twenty and twenty was it twenty nineteen. We haven't seen that kid since, in my opinion. We saw flashes of it against South Carolina. We, we did, but he just he couldn't consistently and accurately make those throws, right? But he lost thousands and thousands of reps because of the injuries sure when you look and, and and because of covid he lost his whole senior year and all the reps he would have got reading defenses and all that he lost his whole sophomore year well most of his sophomore year and i'm not just talking about like not playing like not not being a starter but still getting, he didn't even get a practice for most of that year i think those are the things that have hurt him even more than than that and i think he made a poor decision i think tyler would have been better off number one staying in their name or number two going out west to Stanford or somewhere like that. I think that would have been a much smarter decision for Tyler. He chose to follow Tommy Reese to Alabama, and and um, I hope it works out for him, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be be starting for them this year. But we'll see. I, I like Tyler. I think he's a good kid, and he's had some bad luck. I just think he made a poor decision. It's fine. I respect it, and it doesn't mean I think less of him as a kid and all that, but I just think it was a bad decision in my opinion. But, yes, we've said that many times, many times. David Lowe also followed up, said Steve and Jelly touchdowns over under one on Saturday. David, I hate the 
whole number over unders. By the way, man, yes. I hate those. I want the. I want it's it to got to be one and a half. It's got to be one and a half, Ryan. Right? It's got to be one and a half. So, do you think he's gonna? Is he gonna be at one or is he gonna be at two? I think I think it's gonna be a push. Like I think that Steve's gonna have one touchdown on yeah. Saturday. So I'm I think setting it at, at one and a half. So you're taking the under. Now here's my here's my follow up question, Ryan. Do you think yeah. he leads them on more than one scoring drive? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could see him having one touchdown pass in this football game, but whether it's Jeremiah Love or Jadarian Price or whoever is the other running back that's going to get a ton of carries in the second half if, if he breaches the end zone once or twice, right? Like I just think that it's still going to be a still going to be a running approach to the second half when some of those guys gets in. Sure. But yeah, so I'll say push it one under one and a half. If he goes over, it'll be one pass and one run. He'll have a scramble or a keep or something that for the second touchdown. Could happen. And, uh, that that would if he goes over, but I'm with Ryan. I'm I'm going uh, I'm I'm going push at one. And I'm going under for the one and a half. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But yes, guys, in the future, if you're going to make a an over under pick, try setting a, a not a whole a, a solid number because it just makes it a little bit more fun that way. So we got another one from David Lowe. And also, David, I usually typically, if I am betting, if I see a whole number over under, I usually just kind of keep keep looking, right? Because that's not going to be one that I'm going to touch. Uh, David Lowe again said, if you could pick just three running backs from Notre Dame current roster, two for a three headed monster, who would y'all's choices be? So if I could take three running backs for the Notre Dame current roster. Uh, is he talking nationally? No, I think he's saying if if you could if out of the five running backs that play for Notre Dame, if you could say I just want a three headed monster, who would your three be? Oh man, see that's that's tough because I'm going to leave out somebody that that I, I want to play. If everybody's playing at their peak level, it's going to be Audric Jadarian and Jeremiah would be my agreed my my Agreed. picks. If they're all playing at the highest level, but 
fortunately for Notre Dame, they don't have to only settle at three. They can still play Jabron Payne and they can still use Devin Ford, but it would be estimate yeah. price and love. It, it would be those three because I think that Audric is very different than the other two, right? And I think that those other two, especially if they're the complements to Audric's 1A type of conversation, then we're talking about a lot of explosive plays being created on top of Audric's just consistency of churning out yardage, right? So, yeah, that would be my possibility. I like that as, like, backups, usually guys that can create big plays outside of my workhorse type of It's got to be who can do more with less. That's what it comes down to for me. I'm with you, Ryan. I'm with you on that. God Country Notre Dame Barbecue. How would the 88 Notre Dame Dame National Championship team do in today's college football? That's a great question. I think they'd still be very good. I mean, uh, again, here's the the problem, right? So if if we're going to talk about the 88 team and playing them today, so there's one of two things is true. Number one is they're a bunch of 50-year-olds, and in that regard, they're not going to play well. Or uh, we, we, the, we just teleport them here. The other way is well, it, you teleport them here. It's one way to look at it. If, or you say like, what if they grew, if that team grew up in this era, there's all types of different ways to look at it. Number one is the team from back in 1988 is going to struggle with the size of the modern game. That's just That's the true. reality of it. And when you look at the size of their name offensive line, you know, they had a couple 270 pounds starting offensive linemen. I mean, they, they weren't a real big football team. That's going to hurt them. And I think that hurt probably hurt them a little bit more on offense than it would on defense, to be honest with you, because they actually had you know, the way that they ran. But I'll say this. The one unique thing about that 1988 team, Ryan, is, is athletically, skill-wise, they are perfect for today's era. They would have the perfect athletes for today's era. They'd have a home run hitter in Rocket Ismail. They'd have you know, Ricky Waters could be a, sl- a dynamic slot like a Chris Tyree, but a lot taller. Or you could move him to running back, but running back like Anthony Johnson would be a lot like Audric Estime, like a, a, a running a fullback body. Because Audric Estime in 1988 is playing fullback for Notre Dame. He's Ray Zellers. You know what I mean? He's, he's Jerome Bettis. He's that kind of running fullback. He'd be a fullback in that system. And, you know, so so Anthony Johnson would be a, a big tailback in, in, in the the way that they are now. So I think athletically Notre Dame would stack up very well uh, in, in the modern era. The question would be, well, okay, well, who's your quarterback going to be? Well, what I would say is, is in today's era, Tony Rice isn't a quarterback. He's a, he's a ex, he's a receiver for me and he'd probably sure. be a pretty good one. And so then you say, well, well, who's your starting quarterback? Well, Notre Dame had this guy on their roster in 1988 by the name of Kent Graham, who was an NFL quarterback that you might have seen play a lot more if he was a, if if uh you know if if we were looking at it so i would i would say ryan that would that would be something that i would look at is is kent graham would be your quarterback and you you'd have tony rice playing receiver with rocket ismail and ricky waters that's a pretty dynamic receiving core and you'd have anthony johnson you know uh tony brooks uh, uh mark green playing running back Derek Brown is it would be a modernish type of tight end. He was you know was tall, fast, six seven, fast. He'd be pretty good. They had legit NFL athletes in the secondary. Todd Light, Stance Magala was really fast. Pat Terrell was an NFL athlete. They, Michael Stonebreaker was a ve- an undersized 
very athletic linebacker that would fit way better in today's era than he did then. You know, and and so I think in a lot of areas, Notre Dame's team would have translated very well, except for offensive line size and the quarterback, in sure. my opinion. Other than that, there's be a lot that that would translate very well to today's game. Yeah. There'd have to be some things that you would have to adapt, right? I mean, like offensive structure wise, you do things a little bit differently as well. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think that ethically, they'd be able to compete in today's game. There's no yeah. doubt they'd be, still be able to be a very good football team. It would just be about figuring out what offense best suits if you right. had that undersized offensive line that you just had to pop back right. into 2023. So, because you, you'd have one of the most explosive teams in college football, Brian, athletically. I mean, when you talk about having Rocket Ismail and Ricky Waters and guys like that, I mean, you'd be really dynamic in that regard. Yep. All right, got a few more here. Good question. Andrew Gilmore's question. Did you hear Urban Meyer's take on Notre Dame's quarterback situation? I'm not sure how I feel about it. In any event, he comes uh, sounding jerky, even if it's valid. That's just his hear, delivery method. He he's just yeah. kind of a, he's just kind of a, um, he just has that demeanor. He basically said, you know, he said, you know, Sam Hartman's great and everything, but Notre Dame shouldn't have to, shouldn't have to go to the transfer portal to, to get a quarterback. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Uh We've seen it. We've, you know, we've seen teams do it. He said Notre Dame's sure. a team that should be recruiting quarterback better and all that kind of stuff. And my my big takeaway is I don't even I don't think like I understand where he's coming from. And there's a, there's aspects of what he's saying that that we have said Notre Dame should not have to go to the transfer portal to get a quarterback. Sure. Okay, fine. It is what it is. They they chose to do so, and and it's a little different because you do have a new coaching staff taking over and and that type of thing. Whatever the case may be. But my point is this. Number one is no matter how well they've done recruiting quarterbacks, if they had lost a starter and you say, okay, we've got some talented young five stars or this proven guy who's top 20, you'd still look at a guy like him. Alabama looked at Sam Hartman. I mean, other teams have done that. You know, Ohio State has 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 taken transfer quarterbacks, right? I mean, the last time that Ohio State played the national championship game, they had a transfer quarterback, right? I mean, you, you see a guy that can play, you go get him. The, the issue I have is I think it's very – it doesn't show – a it, it shows a, a general knowledge of Notre Dame but not a, a really detailed knowledge of Notre Dame. And I, and I saw some Notre Dame fans on Twitter, oh, he's right. I'm like, no, he's not right. He's not right because quarterback has been a big problem at Notre Dame for years. But I will say this and I will continue to say this, recruiting quarterbacks at Notre Dame was a recent problem. It has not been a problem for very long. You can't tell me and no one will convince me and you can make whatever your argument say – It'll go in one ear and out the other because I've thought a lot about this. When you, in back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back years, you get Everett Golson, Garrett Gunner Keel, Desha- Malik Zaire, Deshaun Kaiser, and Brandon Wimbush, your problem is not recruiting quarterbacks. Your problem is developing quarterbacks. When you sign Phil Dracovic and 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 uh, and and Tyler Buckner in, in a three- or four-year period, again, recruiting quarterbacks is not your problem developing quarterbacks is that's been their name's problem right and i somebody said well you know deshaun kaiser wasn't highly ranked yes he was he was a four-star recruit that had offers from alabama lsu penn state tennessee and, and you know he was a guy that a lot of teams are coming around on he was actually planning on going on a bunch of visits to sec schools but he decided to commit to their name instead Brandon Wimbush was ranked higher coming out of high school than Deshaun Watson was. Gunnar Keel is a five-star quarterback. And I don't care what Everett Golson's ranking was. That was a kid had one of the best high school arms I've ever seen. 
he had a hundred and I think it was like 144 touchdowns in his career, threw for like 12,000 yards in high school, beat Jadavion Clowney's team in the state championship game. And, and then in Brian Kelly's first class, he signed Andrew Hendricks, who was a top 250 kid. He was very talented. He was just very raw. And let's not forget that when Brian Kelly got hired at Notre Dame, he inherited Dane Christ, who was a five-star quarterback with a big arm. So uh, talent at quarterback has not been an issue for Notre Dame for most of the last 15 years. There was a stretch there around 2016, 2017, when guess what? Brian Kelly had completely checked out where recruiting at quarterback started to get bad. You got Avery Davis one year. You got Ian Book another year. You settled on Drew Pine when he was a sophomore, right? It got lazy. That was a problem with Brian Kelly. But like no mention of the fact that in recent years, you've gotten Kenny Minchie, you've got C.J. Carr committed. They're clearly changing things around. But I just thought it was just, a, to me, a, a, a lazy take. In my opinion, I mean, when you again, Everett Golson, Gunnar Keel, Malik Zaire, Deshaun Kaiser, and Brandon Wimbush in five straight classes, quarterback recruiting is not your problem. Quarterback development is your problem. And then if you to develop those guys better, it's easier to recruit in the later tenure as well. That's just the reality of it. So it was a, it was a very um, superficial st- take that Urban had, but he had real conviction about his superficial take, that the end result is the same. Notre Dame should not have to go to the portal for a quarterback. And here's my thing, Ryan. If Notre Dame would have chosen to go to the portal because of how good Sam Hartman is, and they had some really good young quarterbacks, that's fine. But Notre Dame was in a position where they they kind of had to go to the portal for a quarterback. And and I do I do think there's merit to that. That's not where you want to be as a program, in my view. Sure. I mean, uh, it, and you look at like, you know, well, Lincoln Riley did that. Yeah, not really. I mean, first of all, no. When 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 Baker Mayfield transferred to Oklahoma, nobody was like, "Oh wow!" From Texas Tech, nobody was, "Oh wow!" Like Scott, you know, future Heisman Trophy winner. The guy was a walk on at Texas Tech. Kyler Murray transferred after his freshman year and sat out a year, like backed up Baker for a year. So it wasn't like he just came in for a year. These were guys they got through the transfer portal. The only guy that was really a a one year transfer guy was Jalen Hurts. And yep. that was probably Lincoln Riley's worst team of his first three, four years. They, they, if it wasn't for Jalen Hurts, that team would have been in big trouble that year. But uh, you know, it's just it's a little bit of a different situation, in my opinion. But uh, you know, Alabama won a title with the transfer quarterback in 2015. I mean, it's part of the business, right? I mean, Jacob Coker transferred from Florida State. It's part of the business. Ohio State's played in the national title game with a transfer quarterback. LSU won a title with a transfer quarterback. Like that's the reality in college football now. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of tone deaf to the times, to be honest. I mean, I would even go say like, what's his recent what, what, most recent success as a football coach was at Ohio State, who was arguably the best quarterback that Ohio State's had in recent years. It was Justin Fields when he right. transferred over from Georgia. I mean, yeah, every school does it. LSU this year, Jaden Daniels, they had Joe Burrow a few years ago. You you already mentioned Lincoln Riley with his string of success with transfer quarterbacks. I mean. Bama won a title with a transfer place. quarterback and Jacob right. Coker. Exactly. Alabama took a transfer quarterback this offseason, and we know that they were going big game hunting for trying to get a different quarterback potentially in the transfer portal. So, yeah, I mean, it's just the times. I'll say this. I, I listened to – I watched uh, the Swamp Kings documentary about the Florida Gators, and it just kind of solidified my thoughts on Urban Meyer. So yep. I'll just leave it at that. So, yep, yeah. absolutely. Let's not also forget that I would argue that the best team that, that Jim Harbaugh had prior to his most recent stretch was that 2016 team that had 
that built off of the or the 2015. No, actually, it was 2016. They had a high, they had a kid they committed. It was Wilton Spate. But the 2015 team that helped build a lot of that was with Jake Rudock, who was a transfer quarterback. Every, every, that's what everyone's doing. Shea Patterson too. There, a yeah. Years oh, that's ago, right. So. He was another yeah. transfer. That's right. Yep. The 2018 team that was really good had a transfer yep. quarterback. So it's just it's part of college football. Um, and it's just it is what it is. So it it was a very shallow it was shallow analysis, which is what you get from a lot of the national guys. And he delivered it like a like a jerk, and that's just kind of what Urban does. Urban Meyer, a jerk? No way. Uh, Andrew Gilmore, did you follow Deion Sanders' latest press conference? He was not his cocky self, somewhat short with the press. Do you think he's nervous that talking season is over and now it's game time? I didn't. I didn't watch the press conference. I didn't, I didn't either. To me, it's it's probably just more about he understands what time it is. Right. And there's a time and a place to be, to, to be that way. Dion's a smart guy. Dion knows how to handle the media. And if Dion is acting a certain way with the press, you can guarantee that there's some sort of. There's reason behind it. Yes, exactly. Ryan. Like we talk a lot. People talk a lot about how Dion carries himself. Dion is very strategic with the things that he does. Yes. He's very ego driven. So are a lot of coaches. Dion just handles it a little bit differently. And that's what works for him. If he wasn't that way, he wouldn't be having the success that he's had, right? Yeah, so play, players wouldn't be as infatuated right. with him if it wasn't like right. that. Here and in yeah. this whole time, he's out. He's not talking about how oh, we're going to go out there and kick TCU's butt. It's all. It, it's not. It's. It's. I'm trying to build something here. I'm trying to get these kids to believe in themselves and what they're doing, and do things a certain way. So if he is more reserved, it's because he's smart, and it's getting closer to your point. It's getting closer to the season, and so. Dion, whatever he's doing, I promise you it's strategic. Dion is, is there's not a coach in the country that's had more microphones shoved in his face for the last 30 years than Dion Sanders. Okay. And we're, cause we're going back to his playing days. So uh, I would imagine that there's a reason for it, Ryan, that's built around his, you know, the message he wants his team to hear. And Colorado covers that 20 and a half this week, buddy. Colorado. You think so? Yeah. I hope. I wouldn't be, yeah. uh, I, you know, I've said this, I want Dion to be successful. The more yeah. teams that are good, the better it is for college football. Yeah. I, I don't I, think it's going to be like a super competitive game, but I just think yeah. when you get like a late score, TCU maybe. breaking in new quarterback, offensive coordinator change, best wide receiver gone, best running back gone, a couple good defensive players gone combined with Colorado, just being a better roster than they were last year. I'd be surprised if it wasn't at least, if it was, I don't think it's going to be like a landslide is kind of what I'm saying, right? Like a 17 point victory or something like that comparative to like a, I mean, last year, man, if you guys want some hilarious schedule, look, go look at Colorado's schedule last year, dude. It was pathetic. I mean, they yeah. lost like, I think it was like 41 to 10 to air force last year. Like yeah. it was embarrassing, man. Embarrassing schedule. Yeah. That's like every game too. Every game was like 40 something to like 10, 40 something to 13. Yeah. It was just, like, it was wild, man. Wild. They weren't even, I pointed this out in a, the other, I actually went through it the other day, Ryan, and pointed out their record. I mean, they weren't even, not only did they lose a bunch of games, but they weren't even competitive in games. Yeah. I mean, they just literally the only competitive game they had last year was their close win over Cal. Yeah. Like that was the only one. So. It was, it was, I think they had like one other game that was like within eight or something like that, like Arizona State. Or something like that. Let me go okay. look that up. It sounds right. But yeah, it was an eight-point home loss to Arizona State. But if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong on this, but if I remember correctly, it wasn't quite that close. Let me just go look at it real quick, Ryan. 
It wasn't. Yeah, Colorado scored. Yeah, Colorado scored the last two touchdowns of the game in the fourth quarter. It was forty-two to twenty at one point in time. So yeah. yeah, I was I was correct. And they had a, and their last score with like three minutes left was an eighty-eight yard punt return for a touchdown. <laughs> so <laughs> it was not even that game wasn't wasn't that competitive, Ryan. Uh, that was a, one of the worst teams. I've Arizona seen. State out 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 gained Colorado by. Just two yards under 200 is 198 yards. They out they outgained them by last year. So yeah, it wasn't it was it wasn't a competitive team. No. And they've gotten some good players, but not to the the way that people the way that people make it out to be. Like their roster now is still is like on this competitive level with these other people. It's still not. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Last couple questions here, Ryan. JHT1988 says, fully acknowledge overall Sam Hartman was great, but do you believe from a throwing perspective he has the ability to be more accurate and crisp as they gel more? Of course. Of course. I mean, as they gel more, he'll, he'll, he'll make the throw different to Tobias. He won't he won't stare down Chris Tyree on that option route that almost got picked off. He'll be a, a little bit sharper on some of the out throws, which were thrown, you know, with, with on a wet field. That was part of it too. I mean, you would hope that a quarterback hasn't peaked in game one, right? Yeah. You, you know, I mean, even, even, the, even that throw, although very late uh, to Chris Tyree and that almost got picked up, also hit him in yeah. the hands. You know got I mean? tipped, but yeah, it did. It hit him in the hands. Right. But yeah. a, a better corner, a better defender makes that play. And the point I made is I'm not trying to poo-poo the job Sam Hartman did because he did a phenomenal job, and it was beyond just the stats. It was the calm. It was the presence he brought. But let's not forget that last year Notre Dame threw for even more yards and also had four touchdown passes against Navy. They had 35 points in the first half against Navy last year. So that's why I say it's a great start, but you've got to build on it now as you face tougher opponents. And I and I would argue that this week is going to be a tougher test for the receivers in the past game than last week was. I mean, they have good athletes in secondary, and Tennessee State had one of the best pass defenses in the country last year. They ranked in the top 20 in total yards. They ranked in the top 10 in yards allowed per attempt, if I remember correctly, from the stats we put up the other day. So, yeah, this is going to be a a better test than it was last week. But then next week is really the big test of what they're going to do. And it's against a defense that Sam Hartman has struggled with in the past with turnovers. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing that game. Absolutely. I think that this this game against Bryce Phillips, especially a corner, is going to be a good test to go up against Shaheen Battle and Aiden White the next week, right? Yeah. Like Navy to that is a chasm. Bryce Phillips to that, we're in the ballpark now. Like we're, I mean, you're going to see a six one, 195 pound corner 
that's extremely talented that would yeah. not be playing at Tennessee State if he was not a COVID kid the, the yep. senior season. He would not be here. So I think you, Tobias Merriweather is not going to be able to just get out of bed, you know, and, and just kind of right. go along with the motions and beat Bryce Phillips consistently on that day. Like he's going right. to have to come out. And he's going to have to play ball. So it's going to be a good test in that regard. And the other corner, as you mentioned, Ryan, he's a six foot, 190 pound kid. The back, their number three corner, the Watkins kid who transferred from Memphis, he's six four, two fifteen, right? Yeah, so I mean, it's not like they're going against these little tiny, you know, like when I was coaching the Division three level. The best corners we ever faced were these really short kids that were freaky athletes, but they were at Division three level because they were five six, five seven. Sure, I've said this about a kid that I coach at Christopher Newport, a kid named Rob Rodriguez. He got a tryout with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was five six, one hundred fifty five pounds. Just an insane athlete, insane football player. But just, there's no way any team's going to give him a scholarship. But and that's what he was as a senior in college. <laughs> what do you think he was in high school? That's not the case in this in this situation. Like you said, with with uh, Tennessee State, is these are legit like power five sized quarterback cornerbacks that yeah. are also pretty good football players. The rest of their team is to me FCS guys. But their corners are, are guys that could play at the Division One level, in my opinion, especially, like you said, Ryan, Bryce Phillips. Yep. T Guns, what's up, Tommy? Over under 0.5 sacks against hashtag Sammy Heisman only. I'm going – I'm going um, – I'm going to take the over. I could see something yeah. like where he's running around and, you know, somebody blows a coverage on the first or second down and he gets sacked. Yeah, I, I'll take the over on yeah. that. That also counts of if a second team or even a third team gets in as well, right? Is there like a miscommunication with the offensive pro- yeah. uh, protection? Like, although I don't see Sam well. Hartman uh, being in the game when they're putting those guys in. Oh, against Sammy. I'm sorry, yeah. I misread that. Yeah. Misread that. Yeah. Sorry, I've done that a lot lately. <laughs> I- I'll still say over though, Tommy. Yeah. But it's a good. It's a more difficult one in that situation. Yep. Tyler Evans with the super chat. Thank you, Tyler. What was your favorite college football season of all time? In 1988, I mean, I have two, 88 and 05. 05 was a great season. I mean, it's just yeah. a great season. Yeah, it was great for Notre Dame, and you had the bounce back, and you had the great game against Michigan State, the great game against USC. And that's just a great season of college football. I remember the Ohio State-Penn State game that year. Texas and Ohio State played that year, or in the first game of the year, a game the Ohio State had plenty of chances to win. Uh, USC, this the the freaky. I, I still remember watching the Fresno State game, Ryan. I watched oh, it Reggie that Bush. night, and I'm just thinking, like, this yeah. guy is one of the most insane players I've ever seen. Yeah. The '88 season to me also was huge because not only did Notre Dame win a title that year, but that was the that was one of the greatest Heisman seasons ever. Barry Sanders was insane that season, like for like 2,600 yards or something like that in 11 wow. games, right? I mean, that's the and and he had multiple. I'm gonna like I'm gonna read you his stats. Like Barry Sanders that season was just uh, insanely good, but Barry Sanders that season in in 11 games rushed for 2,628 yards and 37 touchdowns for 7.6 yards per carry. That's rushing. He also averaged 20 yards on a kick return and had a and had a touchdown on a kick return. He also had a punt return for a touchdown. So he had 39 touchdowns in 11 games. So he he was I mean he just was insanely good. I'm actually going to try to find his. I found it one time, um, game by game stats in 1988 were just really nuts. So yeah, here's his here's his yards per game. So 
in a 52 to 20 win over Miami of Ohio, he had 178 rushing yards on only 18 carries, three mm-hmm. touchdowns, including a kick return because he didn't play that much. They blew out Texas A&M 52 to 15, 157 yards on 20 carries. He had 304 yards on 33 carries and five touchdowns against Tulsa, 174 yards on 24 carries and four touchdowns against Colorado. Um, and, and and remember now, two years later, Colorado was playing for a year later. Colorado was the number one team playing Notre Dame with a shot at the national championship, by the way. Oklahoma State beat them by 20 with Barry Sanders. You know what they did the rest of the year, Ryan? They lost four games that year Colorado did. They lost to number nine Oklahoma by three. They lost to number seven Nebraska by seven. They gave up 24 combined points in those games, and they lost to BYU by three. In their other three losses, they gave up 44 points. In their game at home against Oklahoma State, they gave up 41 points because Barry Sanders had four touchdowns. Against Nebraska, had 189 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Against Missouri in a 28-point win, 154 yards and two touchdowns. Against Kansas State, 320 yards and three touchdowns. Against Oklahoma, 215 yards and two touchdowns. Against Kansas, 312 yards and five touchdowns. Against Iowa State, he had 293 yards and four touchdowns. They played Texas Tech in in, uh, Tokyo, Japan, and he rushed for 332 yards and four touchdowns. And in his last career game uh, in college, against uh, Wyoming in a bowl game. He ran for 220 yards and five touchdowns in a game that they won by 50, almost 50. So, yeah, Barry Sanders. So that was the same year that Notre Dame won the national championship. And they had Mike Gundy was actually their quarterback that year. Uh, which was pretty was, good, had, too, right? Yeah, what's that? Gundy was a pretty decent quarterback. Too, he was, he was pretty good. I mean, he got overshadowed, obviously, by Barry Sanders. But yeah, he was pretty good. And then here's the here's the crazy thing, Ryan. I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this, but I don't believe that they counted his the bowl game as part of his stats. Just give me a second to to to, to clue this in. If if I remember correctly, his the because that was back before they started counting bowl games as um, as statistics. So I believe I'm correct on this. Yes, that is correct. They did not count his bowl game in his part of his twenty six hundred yards. So if if it was if it was counted like it is today, where bowl games count, Barry Sanders that year rushed for two thousand eight hundred and fifty yards and rushed for forty two touchdowns in twelve games. That was one of the most insane seasons I've ever seen in a Power Five conference, the Big Twelve. Big yeah. Twelve was really good back then, Ryan. Colorado was really good. Oklahoma was really good. You know, I mean, Nebraska was really good. It was the big eight is what, what they were in, but it was a really good league back then at the top. And his, his lowest output of the season was 157 yards in a, in a 52 to 15 win. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was a 154 yards and a 49 to 21 win over Missouri. Like, and then, and he had a kick return and a punt return in the first two games of the year. <laughs> Missouri shut him down that year is all I hear. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you go back and look, it's because he didn't play a whole lot in the second half of that game. <laughs> Still so crazy that they went from Thurman Thomas to Barry Sanders yes. in that team. It's just nuts. Yes. Barry Sanders was a one-year starter in college. <laughs> Seriously. It's wild. <laughs> because the other guy uh, on his team was a also a Hall of Famer. In yeah, also Thomas. a pro football hall of famer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, Thurman Thomas in 1987 was really, really good, Ryan. He rushed for 1,613 yards and 17 touchdowns. It's, it's really good. Uh, you know, but uh, it just it just shows how insane Barry Sanders was. And what was funny is is Barry Sanders that year rushed for 603 yards off the bench and nine touchdowns. But he also did a lot more special teams that year. So yeah. he uh, had 442 kick return yards on only 14 returns. He averaged 31.6 yards per return, had two return touchdowns. He had 15 he, he punt was an all, returns. He was an All-American kick returner. That's that right. Yeah. He had 15 yeah. punt returns for 244 yards, 16.3 average, and two touchdowns. So he was just so freaking good. He was insane. Uh, really, really insane that year. And, so, and of course, Notre Dame won a title that year, which was – and there was great storylines. You had like the Michigan – uh, the Miami Michigan comeback and the, the, the Florida state Miami game. There's just a lot of storylines that year. And then of course, Notre Dame winning the title was, a, was the big one for me. So 88 and 05 or 2005 are my two. I hope yeah. that I hope Ryan, that when this question gets asked next year, that we are, <laughs> yes, we're talking about 2023. Yeah. I hope so too. Be, 2005 would be mine for sure. I mean, that one was such a rebirth man compared yeah. to where they were before that you know mm-hmm. you're just like this isn't the same team that they had last year like this is not the same but it was just completely yeah. different it was great yeah beef eater uh with a super chat ryan as we end it here so um he says uh do you vent sean have any ib tailgate plans on saturday we do not since the game is kind of earlier we'll we'll kind of be getting there and on time to cover the game vince has i believe dylan has a soccer game as well i will i'm going to talk more about it tomorrow but we're actually uh, – one thing I do want to make you all aware of is is there's there's a fundraiser going on on campus, and I'm going to talk more about it tomorrow. But just a, a little quick note on it is um, we've gotten contacted, Ryan, and actually he sent an email to like everyone on the staff, which I really liked that persistence. Uh, but there's a student on campus who works with the Knights of Columbus, and they do a game day fundraiser where and he, gonna, he said they are going to be on the South Quad, which is um, – oh, 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 on campus, obviously by the, in front of the Knights of Columbus building on campus. Uh, and they're doing, they're selling steak sandwiches and chips and drinks. And they also sell grill like a champion t-shirts. Uh, they take cash and credit cards, but all the money goes to the people that they, it goes to, to charity. I asked specifically about how much of the money you raise actually goes to charity. Cause you know, Ryan, that's a big question that I, that I have when people want to do this. And he says, the only money that we don't give to charity is the money we need to just cover the costs of buying the whatever products we need to sell and the plates and, yeah. and those different things. They don't actually make any money off of it themselves. Uh, the, the charities that he sent me information about, it's a lot of great charities that are local charities uh, that, that look to help a lot of different types of charities as well. So if you're on campus all day on, on Saturday, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow and give a little bit more details, uh, swing on, on over. That's probably the only thing I'm going to do is head on over to, to there at some point in time, I'll probably actually go up to the press box, drop my stuff off around 1230 and then head over to the Knights of Columbus thing just because he did he did promise me that uh, he'll hook me up with a little sandwich there. But uh, <laughs> so I'll probably head over there around 1231 o'clock and, uh, and and support them. So, yeah, uh, love this cause, Ryan, because, again, it's not a moneymaker for them. It's literally 100 percent given like they'll cover the cost of what they're doing. And then after that, it goes all to charity. And it's a lot of different charities, too, which is kind of what we like to do when we have those kind of fundraisers and so uh, definitely get out and support them. And if you're there, you may, you may bump into me and, and, uh, and, and we'll see about that. But, uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely do that. But other than that, uh, we don't have any other specific tailgate things planned. Uh, it's a, it's a work day. 
it'll be a work day. We are going to have a big tailgate for the Ohio State game, though. We definitely have going to have stuff planned for that one. So and so and B Feeder, thank you very much for the uh, for the super chat. So Ryan, you want to go ahead and take us out of here, man? Yeah, I appreciate everyone for joining us today for a little bit of the Notre Dame versus Tennessee State keys to victory and a little bit of a mailbag action afterwards. Also broke down some of the top football games this this upcoming week on top of obviously Notre Dame's game against Tennessee State. Before you go, if you could please do us a solid, hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell if you're listening to us live on YouTube. Very, very close to eclipsing the 15,000 subscriber mark, so please make sure to do so. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, obviously subscribe there as well. Five-star reviews are very much appreciated. We will be back. Well, we'll be back tonight for IB Nation Sports Talk at 6 o'clock Eastern time. Sean Styers will be back, I should say. Tomorrow, we will be back for our Friday free-for-all mailbag at 1 o'clock Eastern time. If you are bad with times, you should hit that notification bell again because that will send you a notification every time we're going to go live. So that's Brian Driscoll. I'm Ryan Roberts. We appreciate you again so much for joining us today on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.